Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, yeah. I'm Chris Wilson. And I'm Dylan Gregory. And we host Backstage Gaming, a weekly podcast about video games and storytelling. We both play pretend professionally. Sometimes on stage with other people. And sometimes alone in a soundproof room. So join us every Monday while we talk about games, acting, and how a story comes together. Backstage Gaming. Dramatic takes on your favorite games. Part of the HP Video Game Podcast Network. This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. What's up, Argonauts, and welcome to another Retro Gaming Podcast. This is episode 209 of our cast. I am not your host, David Gilton, because the world is calling for more black voices to be heard. And I wanted to give this opportunity to some amazing content creators in the black community to talk about gaming and the gaming industry from their perspective as well as how it can improve. So, with that said, enjoy the show, and Black Lives Matter. My name is Tanya, also known as Cypher Thanks for turning over the show to us. I will introduce myself last for everybody could say who you are, what you do, and then we will jump right in with a lot of cussing. So if you are working, please use headphones. My name is Vanessa. I go by Pleasantly Twisted on all social media and specifically on my Twitch. I do content creation focusing on Soulsborne games along with tryhards and RPGs. And three to four times a year, I utilize my space for charity fundraising. I also blog on occasion on Medium talking about Black issues and Black gaming issues particularly. Hi guys, I'm Taylor. Uh, I've been on Arcast a few times for anyone who's previously listened. I am a technology journalist uh, with a focus on gaming. I currently am a news writer at The Verge. I've also wrote for other big websites, namely Digital Trends and Business Insider. And, you know, I am one of the few people in my family that actually is a journalist. Uh, so it, I'm definitely the black sheep, no pun intended, of my family. I'm Zombie Kills. I'm a content creator. I focus on variety streaming and do various things such as play video games badly in front of large amounts of people. I also uh, host Animal Crossing fashion shows, and I play a game called Count the Sims Deaths whenever I'm live streaming. Uh, you can find me as Zombie Kills on all social media, and you can find me streaming at Twitch. I'm Shreve Jackson. I'm a STEM diversity advocate. I own my own math and physics tutoring business. That's my full-time thing is like helping out the uh, peoples with those topics. And I am also a cast member on the D&D show Rivals of Waterdeep, along with Tanya. I previously co-hosted the uh, Spawn on Me podcast with uh, Khalif Adams, and I'm just chilling. I'm Andre Tipton, a Taco Man 5000. I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of Real Taco Gamer. Uh, I've been a gaming journalist for about 35 years. I've been around for a minute. I have a team that I'm trying to cultivate to be the next generation of game journalists. My name is Tanya. I run I Need Diverse Games. 
I used to have my own podcast called uh, Fresh Out of Tokens, which, yes, the name was intentional because I'm salty about games and tokenism. Uh, I'm a Twitch streamer and got into charity streaming because her, some other really awesome people, just did a great St. Jude, and uh, also fundraising for the Bail Project. I'm on Rebels Water Deep with Sharif, and I have been black and a gamer for as long as I can remember, and that's what I want to talk about. Because um, one thing I want to start us with is a lot of people want to divorce your blackness from being a gamer and the games that we play, especially when it comes to tabletop or when it comes to things like, you know, first person shooters, third person shooters. They also go, it's just a game. When you say that, uh, hey, maybe we don't make the orcs all savages or we don't shoot the brown people who look like me. It's definitely something that's very frustrating to deal with because in the same boat, obviously, I'm black, I'm queer, I've been gaming for as long as I can remember, and I'm much less in the tabletop RPG scene. I'm much more on the PC and console scene. Once upon a time, I was actually a competitive gamer, shocking to no one who's anyone who's ever watched my channel. And I used to do Left 4 Dead 2 competitively, along with Gears of War 3 competitively. And it always blows my mind how this conversation has progressed absolutely nowhere over the course of the last decade and a half. Because I am just absolutely flabbergasted that I still have to fight with people over the idea of a Black femme character in a game that is not immediately a bad guy that is not immediately killed within the first hour that is not immediately a love connection for a more times than not white pro tag or a side character i really just want to see myself in a position where i get to be front and center and play the game and i thinking on it on the fly the closest i've seen to date is a tie between Sheva from Resident Evil 5, where she was still secondary to Chris Redfield, and her story was kind of meh, generally speaking. And then the tie is with uh, Jade in Beyond Good and Evil, who to this day, there's conversations about, but what race is she? Like, it's super ambiguous, and it's so aggravating, because I don't understand why a black female lead is such a hot heavy ask i don't get it i don't know if it's just because of the industry i god i wish i had the answers i've been around for so long i've seen this stuff from the beginning after overtime it just became okay this is this is how it is like we gotta we gotta get more black creators in here i mean i started writing in the 70s i was a kid and i didn't know anything i just knew that i was a geek I just knew that I liked video games. My family didn't like the fact they, they thought I was wasting my time, but I was the tech guy in my family. So basically they hated what I did until their TV broke or their computer broke or their, you know, something broke. Hey, can you fix this? Can you do this? Can you do this? It wasn't until I got around friends who didn't look like me, who are into the same thing. A lot of my, a lot of my family, a lot of my people in my, in my neighborhood and people that I, other you know, black people that I grew up with, they didn't understand me. A lot of my white friends did because they did the same thing. And that's how I kind of, I kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, there's more people out there who do the same thing. And it just, over time, 
as I got older, it was like, okay, now I need, I now I'm trying to find people who look like me playing the games or in the game, characters in the games. And it just it just it didn't happen. Occasionally it would, but then I'd be like, okay, that's cool. I, I like that. But then it was always like you like you said, it was always some throwaway character or you know, there wasn't somebody that was important. You know, later on in the later on in the gaming industry, they started putting people in here and there. I really wish it would change. I there are more black creators now. Trust me, I've seen I've gone we were just talking about this the other day. I've been to CES where there were no black people. There were, you know, people who people who might have run a store or they they're part of a they might work for the company, but there were no black heads. There were no there were only a few journalists. And I'm just glad to see things have progressed. It just hasn't gotten there yet. And I it's it's up to the creators. You have to mm. you guys are you guys I applaud all of you. Trust me. I don't I'm sitting I'm still sitting there going, why am I here? Um, I applaud all of you for pushing forward and you know, getting the getting the word out and doing all the work and you know, putting everybody putting everybody on, you know, checking people. Hey, what's up with this? Why is this character not the lead character? You know, I just I think it's going to change. I think it's getting it's getting there slowly. It should be more, but it's getting there. It's just going to take for it's going to take. A while. Honestly, if we're just being real here, which we are, we're not their demographic. They don't see our money as holding value in the game space. Not like they see Caucasian males holding value. So they don't make games for us and they won't make them for us until they feel like we have a financial impact that's worth their production value. Black characters are added on as afterthoughts. I mean, look at Overwatch. They've been promising us, Mm. you know, a specific black character for a very long time, you know, and dangling her over people so that we could like really want to support it because they do have some great diversity, but Mm, diversity comes at a specific cost but white men don't want to play as black characters they don't and they don't want to run around and see themselves it's mainly the reason i stick to the indie games that i stick to or the customizable games because i enjoy characters that look like me um which i think a lot of uh women who are black also stick to we kind of play games that are in our vein of like hey these people can be made to look like me or something Um, But we don't have the financial value to them. It's just simply not something they're motivated to do yet. They throw our characters on as afterthoughts and as stereotypes. And kind of binding all of that together, what I think is interesting too is that I think that's also what facilitates the mindset that if we want to see ourselves in spaces more often, then it magically somehow becomes our job to forcibly inject ourselves into spaces. And then we get into this kind of catch 22 situation where we don't have the space to criticize it and say, hey, where are the black people? You may not see our money as valuable and I'm not disagreeing with you just so I'm clear with the rest of this point because I agree with you 100% truth be told. But you may not see us as inherently valuable but we still hear, we're still giving you money to play games and stuff. And the fact that you would dangle characters over our heads also speaks to the fact that you know that we're here. And so you're just going to keep repeating doing that. And it's mad irritating. But then it also becomes kind of this idea that now it's our job to forcibly inject ourselves into the space and be like, oh, well, if you want black characters, why don't you get in here? And no one wants to unpack all the reasons why black content creators, black developers, black writers, black anything in the gaming industry 
is consistently not there. And you can take that from any angle. You could take it from the angle of gatekeeping, where all of a sudden you need to have XYZ credentials that we are consistently denied. Or, you know, you can take it from the angle of, oh, well, you need to have so much credibility and representation and clout. But everyone also is very aware of the fact that for many of us, especially those of us who are on Twitch, because that's the one I know the most, when we get on camera and everything, we can see it how we can put out the same content as our white counterparts and we will get one third if that of the work. So it puts us kind of in this weird predicament where we can try our damnedest, but no one will help us. But then if we don't try enough, it's our fault for not trying, if that makes sense. I know it makes total sense. Um, And I want to come back to that. But before we we move to another point, I want to make sure that Sharif and Tay get a chance to talk. Yeah, um, I want to add a little bit to like Zombie Killer's point about the money. I actually think that they do recognize the money because they have plenty of stats that people of all colors, all marginalizations play games. I think what their pushback is that those stats existed even back when the uh, protagonists in the games were less diverse. So I think that the mentality of, um, you know, of the people that make these decisions as to who's on the cover and who the default kind of character is, is well, like they were playing it back before we did this, you know what I'm saying? So uh, we don't really feel like we have any motivation to like, uh, to like uh, change it, which I hate, but I mean, I've had devs off the record say that those are definitely some conversations that they've had. I also agree, forgot who brought up the uh, point, but that yes, people do not like playing with people of color, especially if it's a woman. I teach a uh, gaming class at the local like university and I've been teaching it for like three years. And every year I bring up games like uh, Remember Me and Beyond Good and Evil, even games like uh, stores like Battlefield where they default you to a uh, black woman as your uh, starting character. And the first thing out of everybody's mouth is like always like, you know, I don't feel like I can identify with that character. So I think that, and and like, I'm not going to say only white people, but like a lot of white people are socialized that they never have to go outside of their uh, sphere. And it kind of creates this like ugly cycle where like the people say, well, like I can't identify it, so I'm not going to make games. And then they see the uh, stats of like all these people that are playing games. So like they get like less like motivated. It's like an ugly cycle. I wholeheartedly agree with all of you. I do believe that there is a severe diversity problem with the gaming industry, but it does expand into other like outlets. It's not even just the games itself. It's like the professions and just everything. And I'm sure we'll talk about it later in the podcast. Uh, But you know, a lot of people don't, I guess, think about, which is something I've been thinking about more and more as I've gotten older, is that that representation matters. And, you know, I, I feel like people think that if there's like a di- like a person of color or a female person of color, you know, starring as a protagonist in a game, they automatically feel like it's supposed to be some type of like, I don't know, like a political statement or something. And it's not, not everything has to be a political statement. You know, you can take someone's skin color and change it or change their gender. And literally, most of the time, the game won't change. I mean, it's like changing, you know, the skin tone for Jill Valentine from Resident Evil 3. If you change your skin tone, do you really think the plot's going to change? No, it won't change. It'll still be the same plot. Like, I feel that there needs to be more diversity in 
just like what kind of protagonists we see from every like kind of like race creed and all that stuff because you know like the industry just the type of people playing games now it's a lot more diverse than it was you know like maybe 20 years ago or something like that and i feel that there needs to be more diversity in every kind of spectrum for just the industry as a whole and it goes from just the games the professions and everything in between well, that's interesting because um, anyone who's ever read the IGDA Developer Satisfaction Survey, they do a diversity report every year. And the last few years, specifically Black developers were maybe 1% to 2%, if that. And everyone's like, but see, there's no, there's no Black developers and there's no Latinx developers. And I'm like, have you sat back and thought about why that is? Because we don't get the opportunities. We, you know the saying, we got to be three times as good to get half as far how many people were able to go to code camps, you know, or they did something, here's a laptop, here's 10 weeks of code camp, good luck and go with God. They don't help you get a job or anything after they don't introduce you around to folks at these studios. You don't get an internship. And it's not just who's making the game and playing the game, but it, you know, the onus is always thrown back at us. Well, go make your own. And, and I know Vanessa is going to laugh at me, but I've seen it. I've sat in studios and talked to these people when they come to me and they're like, hey, can you review this? Can you help us do better? And it's like, you brought me into the process so far. You can't redo your assets. You can't redo your voices. You can't add anything. All you want is a stamp of approval to go, we didn't screw this mm -hmm. up. And the problem is, is that so many people are resistant to diversity. They're resistant to diversity consultants. They're it's like they see here diversity and all they hear is we're going to take away your call of duty, your shooty games, and there's never going to be another white dude protagonist ever. I wish we had as much power as people think we seem to do. Because I can't walk in a store and be like, no, this is all trash. Scrap it. I can go, here's where you messed up. Do with it what you will. Please put my check in the mail. Because sometimes people <laughs> listen, sometimes they don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been holding back the laugh this whole time, but that one took me out. <laughs> but it is what it is because, I mean, and we can talk about that too, is that especially right now, how many of us have been hit up or people in your DMs, people following you that ain't been messing with you at all. And your content has not changed. You're doing the same thing you've been doing. I've known Sharif like, what, five, six years? You're doing the same thing. Yeah. All of us sitting here, we haven't changed. And suddenly, like, is black people Pokemon on Twitter, Instagram, and email? Mm. Oh, I thought of you because we need a diversity consultant. And I'm like, am I the only black person some of y'all know of? Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. It's it's been it's been exhausting for the last, what is it, two, three weeks now? Having constant streams of DMs, people coming in, hey, I saw your tweet, and hey, I saw I wanted to get your advice on something. And it's kind of like you said, my track record isn't nearly as strong as everyone else's, but I've been on Twitch for two and a half years. I did a mass overhaul maybe at month six. And then as of recently, my content has remained the same. The only thing that's changed recently is an overlay that I redid. But my stuff has been here this entire time. My Twitter has been the absolute dumping grounds of my political ideologies for roughly a year and a half. None of this is different. And a lot of it deals with gaming. So it's very bizarre to know that all of that work has been literally sitting there. And now in the last couple of weeks is when it's, hey, I want your advice on charity streaming. Hey, I want your advice on this game. 
hey, I know you like roguelikes. What's your opinion on this game? Why didn't you ask me this like three months ago when this game came out, though? It's not bizarre. It's shitty. If we're just being real, it's shitty. Yeah. I, I've been sitting here. I just left uh, Mixer. I was about to make partner at Mixer, and I decided to hit a 180 because I felt more support from people of color on Twitch. Like, I felt more like I actually had found kind of a community. So I just, like, hit a 180, which was a tough go. But, like, it's weird because, like, all these people all of a sudden are wanting to come watch my channel that are the same people that I always wondered why they weren't watching my channel because I supported them. And, you know, like, they never cared. They never gave a damn. And nobody gave a damn about me talking about prisoners. They don't give a damn about prisoners. They don't care that black people are incarcerated at insane rates and that we die in prison the same exact way that George Floyd died. Like every single day, somebody dies in prison that way. Nobody cares. And now like all of a sudden everybody cares. And it's just kind of, it's, it's fucking surreal, right? Like everybody's in your DMs. Like, I'm so sorry your life matters, but like, yeah. Bruh, I knew my life mattered. Why are you just now realizing this? That's, oh my God. I actually had to say that to somebody because someone came through and it was a white person, a well-meaning white person, but nonetheless a white person who came through with this response tweet to me and others being like, well, can't you understand? We got to get this moving because black lives are dying. And it took a whole lot of restraint to just keep from responding back and being like, sweetheart, I have a year round tan. I am very aware that black people not only are dying, but have been dying. And I don't know why you have this energy all of a sudden to explain to me that black folks are dying, question mark. I I probably told you that at some point. <laughs> so what are you what are you talking about? Black people, yes, sweetheart, they've been dying for a hot minute. Like I I remember when everything went down with uh, Mike Brown. This is actually coming up in a piece that I'm writing here, and I'm hoping to get done tonight. Probably won't because I'll probably get sidetracked by 800 other things. But Mike Brown was the real big like point for me because I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri. And so when everything happened with that, I wasn't living there anymore. I was um, in Indiana waiting tables at the time, but I went into a full-blown panic attack. Because my sister is 10 years younger than me. So at that time, she was still in high school. And for her to get from her high school to home where my dad and everyone is, she had to pass straight through Ferguson. So I am like high alert, panicking, like unsure what to do. Should I leave my job and drive four hours right quick? Should I go be with my family? Should I just check on them? What should happen? And to have people who amongst that either go the route we're talking about of spamming me with DMs and being like, oh my God, are you okay? Is everything all right? I wish I could do more. Or the opposite of, well, why are you worried about it? You're not like them was really just like the rude awakening of like, I felt my ancestors come through my soul that night and was like, oh, you about to be angry for real. <laughs> You're actually yeah. angry right now. And pivoting back to the topic of gaming and stuff, it's kind of the same conversation where we're seeing all of a sudden, okay, so George Floyd was killed in cold blood. Now all these people want to be in my DMs, in my streams, in my everything. Are you okay? Is everything fine? What can I do to help? How can I help? What can I do to support? Blah, 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 blah. The, the, the queries are never stopping. And there's still that pocket of people who I just had one today I had to block 
who wants to tell us things like Black Lives Matters is a sham and they're terrible and they're awful. But then we come back to things like this and it's like, but y'all understand that all of this stuff is kind of interlaced and connected because how little people care about my death out there is absolutely reflected in how little they care about my representation in things like games. Yeah. And like, that's what I've been trying to tell people that this is like underlying anti-blackness. Like, yes, mm-hmm. it's represented in games, but this is like this country's woven in anti-blackness since the founding. Like, this is just like the latest kind of blow up of it. You know what I mean? I've had, you know, I had to tweet out and like, I had a lot of uh, my white followers get mad at me because I was like, yo, like, I see all y'all that are just mad ab- about this, like, documented nine minute, like, murder. And like, that's it. Like, you're not mad about like all the other stuff that people talk about when it comes to how they're being treated, about racial issues, about, you know, like everything, you know what I'm saying? And like, because this is something easy, like, it's easy to get mad when you literally see somebody get like murdered and you can't make an excuse like people did for Trayvon or Tamir or Mike Brown or like all that stuff that like people could think up their excuses like, Oh, well, Mike Brown shouldn't have been walking in the street. Oh, well, uh, Trayvon shouldn't have been in that thing. You know, like uh, people like, this is the one thing that people can't make like excuses for. So they can go ride or die like for this, even though I feel like this is like, like them cameras are going to turn off. The mainstream news is going to bounce to like something else. And these folks are going to be like, all right, like we did it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the cops are arrested. We saw racism. And I'm trying to tell people like, yo, like this is underlying stuff. And like, that's why every time somebody comes and they ask me, what can I do? I have the same answer. I'm like, talk to your white friends. Like y'all need to get together and y'all need to talk about really assess what you benefit from. And like, really like, don't like ignore like your parents that you think are never get it or, or, or like your racist cousin or like whatever, like y'all got to do some of this labor because we've been doing this labor for as long as we've been here, you know, like physical and mental labor. There's plenty of resources out there for like anti-racism work for like white people, books, podcasts, lectures, like y'all can find that stuff and use it to educate yourselves so that you have a base level of knowledge. And then you might want to, hit up like a black friend for like clarification or something but like uh not not like this like tell me what to do like attitude that i don't like if you're white and you have to ask one of us what to do that's the problem i mean i'm older than everybody in here and i've seen this since i was a kid and i didn't see a lot of overt like overt racism when i was a kid i got a lot of it when i was an adult the problem, the problem I'm having is, is like black people as a whole, we're not even mad yet. Just think outside of you for a second. Try to understand the other side of something. I'm I'm almost 50. <laughs> I'm 48. So um Okay, but, so you got me by a year. Oh yeah, that's all that you is got. true. I'm sorry, T. I'm sorry, Pete. My bad T. My bad T. But I do I you know, I'm sorry. But you know, I mean, it's just I just tell me I said, look, you guys can be I'm glad you guys are helping. I'm glad you guys are out there protesting. I'm glad you're trying to make a difference. I'm glad. But we, you guys are talking, they're talking about like, well, what are you doing with your community? I'm like, that's, we didn't, we don't own that. We didn't, that's not our stuff. Every other community in the world, every city you go to has a Chinese community or an Italian community or a Japanese community or whatever. 
we don't have a black community in another city. And if it is, if there's a lot of black people there, it's, or it's Chocolate City, or it's, blah, blah, blah. come on. Our stuff is all negative. Every time you hear about that, it's always negative. So until that, we need to get that, that we need to get that done first. That needs to get done first before we worry about anybody else. And, you know, the fact that we're in, we're in media, we're in gaming, we're in entertainment, and we don't have enough representation. We're, I mean, it's just, we just gotta, we've got to demand it. And I know, you know, we don't, we don't have that much buying power, but I think we have, we have enough to make something. We have enough to make a, make somebody go, maybe we should do that. I mean, you know, I'm sorry. I, I know I talk about Animal Crossing all the time, but the Japanese got it, and Nintendo got it with Animal Crossing. You can make your you can make your villager whatever you want. You can do whatever you can customize whatever you want in that game, and that should be a testament. I'm like, you guys are talking about the history of racism in Japan and the Japanese, you know, because they only see a certain us a certain way. You know, if they got it, why can't you guys get it? And this is a kids game or a girl game or whatever you want to call it. They got it. Why can't you get it? We need to be the change we want to see. All of us. All of exactly. us together. When we make it big or whoever makes it big, you know, Cypher, I saw a lot of people on your timeline kind of being a little crazy out of pocket uh, <laughs> with some of the stuff they were saying to you. And you were really succinct about it. Like, I'm not going to change. I haven't changed. You know, why, you know, saying that kind of stuff is kind of triggering. And I kind of feel the same way. Like, let's just reach back. Every chance you get, run the ball as far as we can right now. Reach back. Be grabbing people. The way that we make a difference is to keep ourselves as visible as possible. And the way to do that is for big people and little people to constantly be working together instead of the bigger black folks at the top trying to clamor for attention of the white folks at the top. We need to be working together and doing things together. And I think that makes a huge difference. And all the, oh, you've changed and all those other little comments on the side and the negativity needs to go and we need to figure out how can we run this. Yeah. But I want to make sure Tate gets a chance to talk before I, before I hop in with my thoughts on this. Who do I have thoughts? I mean, there's not much more I can just like add to just like the whole thing. I have my own gripe with when it comes to games and the customization, especially when it comes to like, you know, black characters and stuff. And like, I just feel like those type of options that we get when we, you know, customize our character and stuff. I feel like there isn't enough done to really make, like a custom avatar like an rpg really look like me so i have to kind of navigate and like shift around and like work things and like stuff like that and it's like i feel like there needs to be more focus on that i feel like because when you look at stuff like that well like i always get the pushback when i do diversity work or just talk online about well you can customize your character cool is the narrative of the game changing with how i make myself look Y'all know I'm a big Dragon Age nerd. And there's a couple spots, and it's really weirdly dissonant, where the game is like, oh, you're an elf now? Oh, you're a mage? You're a human mage, so you're kind of okay, but oh, you're a you're a canary and a mage? Oh, we're going to start you with like X amount of points. You got to get everyone's favor. And it's like you have gone to the racist friend's family for dinner, and you didn't know what was happening until you walked in the door. But then the game doesn't otherwise acknowledge how you look and how you act, other than being a mage, elf, or whatever. And that's why I was pushed back, and not to you personally, Tay, but to, to the folks that always want to go like, well, you can make a character brown. The game doesn't care that I'm brown. 
The game doesn't care that I've decided to be queer and have a girlfriend instead of a boyfriend or what have you. Or if I want to be banging everybody like I did in The Witcher, the game is like, cool, go forth. But the narrative does not respond to that, you know, video games. And maybe that's too complex. I don't know because I've not programmed a game. And I could be totally wrong talking out my ass, but I feel like if there's intersections in games where I can go, oh, you brown, we're going to treat you a certain way, like Mafia 3. And, you know, I was still on spot on me when we covered that game. And the ways in which people acted, having to play as Lincoln Clay for a few hours, you would have thought we told them, jump off the Golden Gate Bridge. You also brought up a really good point about the black people or the folks, the really big folks, maybe trying to get a wider audience and a white gaze. And you know, we've we've all seen it. We've all seen the people that kind of forget that they're black, and you wonder how they forgot that they're black until something happens like this, and they're like, "Oh, I I should remember that I'm dark skin, I'm black, or whatever." Because I don't care how many viewers you got. I don't care how many subs you got, what platform you on. Right now, being black in America is probably going to be our leading cause of death. Not because nobody else did it. Not well, not because we've done anything, but because systemic racism is around the corner. Pandemic is like blowing the lead, and people seem to forgot there's a pandemic when all this is going on. Which good or ill, people are out marching and doing what they got to do. Because Sharif, you made a really good thread about our D&D show if you want to talk about it because you said race informs everything and we can't have a conversation about being black in games and and be like well we, we've talked about the blackness now we need to just talk about being a gamer because you can't do it yeah I mean the, the the basic point behind that thread was that I don't think a lot of white people realize that when you see another person of color at an event, whether it's E3, CES, D&D Live, GDC, like I don't think they realize all the mental calculations that we're making and all of the like peaks and valleys that we have, even if we look cool to them. You know what I'm saying? Like I still feel like a lot of people think that if I'm not being like fire hosed down by some cop or there's not like a clan member chasing me, that is cool, you know? Um especially in an industry that always promotes itself as being like progressive and objective. And it's all about quality and the games and all that stuff, you know? So I was just trying to tell people like, yo, like we, you know, when I went to, to Los Angeles two years ago with like Tanya and like our crew, like I was real worried. Cause I was like, yo, like, you know, um, I didn't know what was going to happen. I've had previously very bad experiences at video game events for sure. You know, where like pe- people have made comments or it's just like theirs or like you just get that 
that gaze, that like unsettling feeling that people are like, like, what are you doing here? You know, um, whether you're at, you know, you know, some like business events or like, you know, or, or like something. So I was just trying to give people insight. Like, you know, even if you think we good, like, like we're not good. And like, we might get together and commiserate after, but it's not all like, you know, just because you see us like smiling and doing stuff, that doesn't mean that there's nothing going on under under the hood. You know, I was lucky enough to get a scholarship to like a really expensive high school in like New Jersey, where I was one of the few like black kids there. I did it there. I did it in college. I did it in like corporate. And, and now I'm doing it at these gaming events. You know, it's a lifelong thing. And like some people are better at it than like uh, others. And there's some people that have faked themselves into thinking it's not going on and that they really are like, you know, have escaped racism because they are accepted in these things. But it's really something that I feel like is like a lifelong thing that we all deal with, whether subconsciously or um, explicitly. As Sharif was talking about being in a space, being invited to the con finally or going to the dev conference finally and having that gaze. As he was talking about that, all I could think about in the back of my head personally is how many people, while shooting us that gaze, probably convinced themselves, oh, well, you're here now, so I shouldn't hear you bitching about this anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the one that actually like grinds my gears the absolute hardest is how many people try so quickly with every fiber of their fucking being to say, hey, team racism is canceled dog no it's not it ain't been canceled it's not going to be canceled until we uproot all the systemic problems that directly correlate to racism that we see everywhere it's it's bigger than like when people see me complain about not having a black overwatch character they think it's just me being salty that i'm not in the game but they don't understand here's my point that i want to get out that makes me want to jump out of my skin they don't understand the literal layers and levels that go with black irritation. The actual understanding that I don't see a black character in my game. So now I have to start pivoting and wondering why isn't there a black character in the game? Is it because of points we brought up earlier? We don't have the funds. We don't have the range. We're not involved enough. Is it because the people there aren't even my skin tone? So am I fucking with a company that doesn't even like black people? Is it all accidental? Is this intentional? Is this something that actually is in the pipeline, but we just don't have documentation of because no one ever wants to be transparent about how they go about doing the things and the stuff. Should I be worried that I'm being let on? Am I going to get that black character? Do they have black employees? And this is like the whole mass of thoughts that are going through our brains all the time when we think about something as simple as or what people think is as simple as where is the black character and it's it's heavy it's heavy and it's exhausting because it's the primary reason why we don't have the energy to be out here educating our white friends colleagues comrades whatever you want to label them all the damn time because we are literally thinking about it all the damn time it like i i shouldn't be ecstatic that when i boot up animal crossing i get through barrier one of gender and then barrier two of being like holy shit i can make a black girl 
And I can't, it's not a light-skinned black girl and that's it. I can make like a black, black girl, like a dark black girl. I can go forth and get things that make me feel like, hey, this is a representation of me. And people don't understand how much is actually going through our brain space all the time when it comes to these types of topics. Like I remember I went out to uh, a conference back in, oh God, it was last year sometime. I think it was July. Yeah, it was July. I went to a conference in July and it was a coding conference and I was ecstatic to be there, honored to be there, but looking around, it once again was a case where like I had to find that other lonely black girl and we had to latch on each other like it was the last of our days because we were like one of five there amongst thousands of people. And it's a certain discomfort knowing that you're kind of alone but also even more discomfort in knowing that people will gladly look at you and be like, oh, good, they're here, so I don't have to hear about this racism shit anymore. It, it, it tires me out. It's frustrating. It's so frustrating. True. That's my whole soapbox. That, that's me jumping out of my skin and be like, I need y'all to understand. My brain is always spinning about this. I just want to sh- share a story I had. I've never mentioned, I've never spoken about this. Uh, I was at E3 in Atlanta, uh, 98, and ran into a black, ran into a, a brother that's, you know, I found, I saw this little, little booth in the middle of the access, uh, the Georgia Dome had all the accessories, like the controllers and stuff like that. So walking through, saw this brother, saw this brother playing a, had a, had a little TV there and a little desk and he had a fighting game. I was like, okay, man, that's, oh, dude. So you, you're the developer. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah, I'm the developer. We programmed it. I did it myself. I'm doing all this myself. I have a small team of five people. Uh, oh, dude, that is crazy, man. I need to get your information. We're gonna talk about this. Blah 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 blah. So I hit him up later on after I got back home and stuff, and um, uh, talked to him. I said, man, you know, I want to keep up with you guys about this game. So I go the next next year. I didn't see the guy. I'm, I think I hit him up, and I, I didn't get him, get him messed. I think his, he moved or something. But um, so I asked another. I just asked one of the developers that I knew. I said, "Hey, man, um, there was a brother here that was making a video, a fighting game, and um, you know, man, I was like, I, I just want to know, man, do, how many black developers do you have? How many black members do you, of your team do you have? And you know, and when you're making games, do you consider putting black, you know, black characters in the games?" And his buddy beside him said, man, do you guys have to have everything? I said, no, we can't have everything because we have nothing. And I had to walk away from this dude. The other guy, my buddy was like, no, no, man. Hey, man, get out of here, man. Go, go, go somewhere. Go, you know, and it's like, look, man, we're trying. We have people like this that are working with us. And we we're fighting with these people just to get some kind of representation. And this was. 2000 and that's the attitude that i have seen come from people you know you give them one black character in a game and they think they've done it and i'm like no you know you need to and it's just this is i think this is still the problem i feel like you're reading an excerpt from my twitter mentions no (laughs) no this actually happened um i run into this quite a few times and i just never I was kind of like, man, I, I, you should be just, you, you should be glad to be here, man. You're, you're here. They're, they're accepting you. You know, you only want, you only a handful of dudes here, you know, but now it's just like, this really happens. This still happens. And it's, 
we've got it's got to be from the inside. We got to get more people in here. I don't understand. I mean, I know it's. I don't know. I don't. Know, I, I I don't have the answers. I'm trying, <laughs> but we've got to get in the inside and do this. It's just. It's just like the like the country. We have to get inside to change it. The narrative has to change. You know, it has to. You know, I applaud some people who some companies who are who are who are, who are trying to do it. They're, they're getting there, and it's 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 not there yet. But it's got to be from the inside. So we have to, you know, push for more people of color. I got black people. Sorry, I hate. I'm not shitting on any other race. I'm sorry. We got to get black people in here. I'm sorry. We got to get black people in here. Not African American. We got to get. I'm about to get mad. <laughs> we got to get black. We got to get black people in here. You're right. Uh, Zombie and, and Tay, y'all been quiet. What what's what's on your brain? What what's making you mad in these troubling times? Well, I mean, you know, I I think I'm the youngest person in this uh on this on this panel. Um, <laughs> but I you know, and so I know I haven't been around as you know as long as some of the other guys. Uh, but you know, I've I've experienced my own you know fair share of racism, and you know, it, and it's not even like just being called you know, the hard Edward, which I have been called, but, you know, other things I've had is that people will say, you know, subtle things like, oh, you speak really well for someone like you. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I, I, I'm not going to challenge that. Like, cause I know exactly kind of like what they mean, or at least what they're trying to insinuate. And I just have to kind of look there, kind of give an awkward smile and just say, you know, and, but it's, 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 it's very frustrating. And it's like, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I don't think I've, I'm trying to think if I've told anybody, I don't think I have, but when I became a journalist, I'll be honest, I got into the industry completely on accident. I, if you were to ask me in high school, what did I want to be? I would have told you I wanted to be a lawyer. I started writing when I was in high school, uh, you know, just to, just to improve my writing. I never, it never came across or even crossed my mind to get into the field of journalism, especially tech journalism. As I got older and the more when I realized, I think I want to do journalism for as a career, I started just kind of realizing, I was like, there aren't a whole lot of people <laughs> that look like me. I won't lie. It was, it was very discouraging. It's discouraging. Like the first like three years that I was really trying to break out, I wanted to give up so many times because I felt like I wasn't getting recognize i felt like my networking attempts were being were just not being recognized and all that stuff and it and uh, i forgot what it was it's just one day i just kind of had this fire in me where i was like no i can't give up <laughs> i can't give up i i wish i had somebody that could have mentored me to get to where the position i am today and i'm very blessed i am very blessed to be where i am today i still have a lot of ways to go in terms of my career but i'm happy with what I've done because I didn't have that type of like mentorship and think it was just something I just had to do on my own. I had to be hungry. I had to get there. And you know, when I finally got at least to a point where I could say, okay, I finally broke out in my career. Now I want to help other people to become like, cause I, I don't like to, I feel like we need more journalists. We need more black journalists, especially in the tech industry. I was talking to one of my friends who is also a black journalist and, you know, he, he covers tech too. And, you know, he was telling me, you know, he's like, I'm kind of sick of being the only black guy at the Samsung event. And I was like, I, like, I can't explain to you how many times I've had appointments for conferences I've went to. And I was the only, either I was the only chick there. I was the only black person there or I was the only black girl there. And I'm not gonna lie. It, I felt like the elephant in the room. 
I mean, I was still grateful to be there. Don't get me wrong, but it just it it was a, a type of uncomfortability that a lot of people don't experience unless they're that person. And I, <laughs> I, I, it makes me so sad because I want to see more black journalists, you know, doing this stuff. And it's like because when I was younger, it never really crossed my mind that oh well, I don't know if I could ever be a journalist. That just seems kind of funny. And then when I started taking it, I don't want to say more seriously, but when I really decided to really pursue it that was when i was like okay i know that there's not really a whole lot of resources that i can get to that will get me to that point i need to be hungry i need to figure out what i need to do so i can get where i need to be when i was watching g4 tv growing up you know i saw people like you know adam sessler morgan webb and those people would shape the foundation of influencing me to pursue it when i got older but again adam sessler doesn't look like me you know, Morgan Webb doesn't look like me. Kevin Pereira doesn't look like me. It was just a little discouraging, but it also gave me the fuel to say, you know what? I'm going to be the change. I'm going to do this. I'm going to pursue it. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to make the connections. I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to get myself recognized when I apply to a place and say, hey, this is me. This is me putting a face to a name on an application. Here you go. And it, it, it worked. And I'm glad it worked. And now I want to help more people like me get to that point because I wish I had someone like me to, to help me get where I am right now. Yeah. Zombie, what's a burning thing for you that you're just like, maybe we either didn't discuss it. You didn't get to say enough. Like what is a burning thing that is like, you just feel like you got to say before we wrap this episode. Um, I think that at the end of this, maybe the thing that I think is the most valuable is seeing the fact that so many people were so quick to stand up for us when they thought that um, dollar signs or influence was behind it. So I think that navigating that as judiciously as possible and uh, I can't, let me say this the right way or maybe not the right way because I'm not uh, I'm not the one for flowery speech. So I'm just going to say it. I think a lot of people should just get the fucking bag right now. Um, I think you should get the bag. I think you should take uh, that job. I think you should take whatever you can do because this moment is fleeting. We are fleeting to them. Our lives are fleeting to them. Um, but our influence in, our, in their culture is not. Our influence and our style, our bodies, our music, we are so valuable to them. And this is the one time in my lifetime I've seen them give us this much value. And I think at this point, everybody needs to get your foot in the door, get a ledge and get that leg up. If you can get in there and give your 30 minute, I mean, 30 second elevator speech, I want to see you do that because sometimes they might overlook you um, and they're going to miss out on a brilliant opportunity for them and something that could be life changing for you. But if you have this time, just take it and shine and Try not to let too much of the guilt. Uh, I see so much people putting so much guilt on it right now. And I don't think that's the focus because if you can get your foot in the door, you can bring other people of color, black people with you. Um, and I think that's really important for us to focus on and for us to embrace and to look at and to hold ourselves critically accountable for making sure that we're sharing the space with other black people. 
to hold ourselves accountable for making sure we are nurturing our relationships with other Black people in gaming, et cetera, to be the change in the representation we want to see. Cool. Sharif, did you get a chance to say what you wanted to say? Um, I mean, I feel like I kind of did when I was talking about the other stuff. But I guess, uh, I mean, one small thing, I guess, that I can end with, if you are white and you're wondering what to do, like bring that conversation to your white spheres of influence, your friends, family, your colleagues, and make sure that it doesn't stop when those cameras go off. You know what I mean? Like the only way to take on like the system is to do it like a little bit every day. Like it's a constant, constant thing that, as I said before, black people deal with like all the time. It's ingrained in us to deal with it. Um, and like y'all got to do that pushing as well. Um, that's the only way to bring this stuff down. Yeah. And you know, as for me, cause I tried to not talk that much since I was moderating for me, it's, you know, it's, it's what some of y'all said and what I've been saying on Twitter is I need this energy to keep going, you know, and make spread the wealth. Cause all there's like, and I'm going to be that person. There's certain black folks that are always on these lists. And I say that because my name gets on these lists and it's like, I, we are not the 10 black folks y'all seem to know. There, there are plenty more of us, you know, Vanessa and I were joking about it with like, you know, black people, Pokemon, but that's what it feels like. And I'm just like, where have you been? Expand your scope, you know, and also for the love of God, please stop tweeting at folks, getting in their DMs, emailing them going, I'm I'm scared for you and I don't know what to do. Basically hand me a roadmap of what to do as a white person or a non-black POC. Cause you know what? Welcome to America. This is the same America a lot of us been dealing with since day one. You know, and, and y'all gotta let this this isn't my country. You gotta let that go. Cause it's been your country. You just didn't have to deal with it. We need to to have those uncomfortable conversations, but also realize when you like jump in people's DMs, they snap back at you. We are tired. We are tired of an endless cycle of violence and news and people posting George Floyd's death and other black deaths to quote unquote, teach other people that we're human. We've been human. We've been here. Learn some fucking empathy. It's kind of like you were talking about the black people, Pokemon and all that stuff. You, you pretty much said all of it. I lost most of my thought, but the majority of it came down to, yeah, y'all got to keep this energy after the fact. Th this whole thing, because we're already seeing it right now in terms of solidarity, in terms of gaming, any of it, it's starting to fall off. And this is a rinse and repeat and part of the problem in the cycle. Because all the energy y'all had to be in our DMs for the last three weeks because you want to make sure we're okay. You want to give us a sponsorship now. You just realize, oh, you're a great person to partner with because we saw you was raising charity money, all that. I need you to have that energy a month from now, two months from now, six months from now, actually working on this stuff. And that goes much further than just being like, well, I follow you and Tanya and I'm going to follow everyone from the podcast and then turning around and making it our labor immediately after that. Who else should I follow? Dog, y'all gotta go out there and look for yourself. Straight up. Y'all gotta stop doing this thing. Someone said it on your stream, Tanya. Stop making us go to you. You need to come to us for once. Mm -hmm. Y'all gotta stop this. Right, and it's like all the energy you're spending on the DM, you could have put that into Google. 
you got to put that whole, what can I as a white person do to combat racism? I'm sure Google will tell you if you put it in the thread, if you put it in the search window. I know we kind of went all over, but and we talked about games. We also talked about State of the World. And I guess a good way to wrap it up is to talk about all the dope stuff that we're all doing, where people can find you and act right. Don't don't try to get in people's DMs and go help me. I don't, I'm, I need help understanding humanity. We can't tell you how to be a good person. We can't give you permission to be a good white person. So don't ask. All right. I'm going to go actually in order of how everyone is in the call, but backwards. So Zombie, who are you? What do you do? Where can people find you? I'm Zombie Kills. I'm a streamer on Twitch. I'm also an activist. Uh, I work with um, any sort of prison reform outlets. I also work for justice and maternal support. You can find me on Twitter as Zombie Kills. You can also find me on Twitch as Zombie Kills. And I pretty much do this all the time. I'm constantly raising charity funds. So if you'd like to stop by, I'd love to see you. Yeah, I am Taylor Lyles. I am a news writer at The Verge. You can find me on Twitter at Tay Nixter. That's T-A-Y-N-I-X-S-T-E-R. Hey, uh, I'm Sharif. Uh, you can find me at SharifJackson.com, S-H-A-R-E-E-F Jackson.com. Also Sharif Jackson on all social networks. Um, on June 21st, uh, we'll be starting our seventh season of Rivals of Waterdeep. Well, I'll, I'll be the dungeon master for that season. Uh, so if you want to come and see me, Tanya, and the rest of our crew go through a bunch of crazy Dungeons and Dragons adventures with an all PLC cast, uh, make sure to check that out Sundays at noon central, um, at twitch.tv slash DND. I am pleasantly twisted. You can call me Vanessa. I don't care personally. And if you look for me on socials, Twitch, Twitter, or medium, it'll be pleasantly twisted. Twisted has no vowels in it. If you put the vowels in there, you will land either in the abyss or on not me. And I, again, raise money for charity three to four times a year. I've been raising money for Color of Change as of the current moment. We've done work with St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, the Trevor Project, Trans Lifeline, Fuck Cancer, and there's going to be many more added to that. And I didn't say this earlier because I dropped the ball. I'm also a charity success manager over at Tiltify. So I'll be working directly with charities in the near future. And again, my platform, I talk about race. I talk about it in games. I talk about it in every day. I talk about it in relationships. My space is one that if you need to talk about race, we talk about race. But if you come in correct, you will be shown the door. Andre Tipton, uh, Taco Man 5000, editor-in-chief, founder of realotacogamer.com. Uh, you can find me, uh, new Taco Man 5000 on Twitter, Taco Man 5000 pretty much everywhere, or just look up Andre Tipton. I've been around for a while, but um, I'm glad to be here. I'm honored to be here. We've got to do something, and I'm glad we are starting to do something. So I'm glad, I'm glad the change is starting to, we're, at least we're planting the seeds at least. So I appreciate everybody. Thank you. Hopefully I wasn't too rusty on hosting a podcast because I haven't done it in a minute. Uh, my name's Tanya DePass, also known as Cypher Tier. On the internet, that is my handle everywhere except Final Fantasy because curse you, Square. You won't let me change my name for love or money. Uh, as uh, Sharif said, we'll be back June 21st on Rivals of Waterdeep. And then in July, I'll be back to GMing Dragon Age over at the Wandering DMs channel. So if you're a Dragon Age fan that cares nothing about the plot, or any of the other work that has gone into the game, making it coherent, and we're just having fun. Uh, Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, 7 p.m. Central. I, too, raise money. Right now, I'm raising money for Chicago Community Bond Fund. Um, and, yes, we did raise a whole lot of money for Bail Project. 
but I want to do something uh, for closer to home because I'm born and raised in city Chicago. And uh, we also raised money on Revels Waterdeep. We, we're about $2,200 for Chicago Community Bond Fund. Yeah, catch me on Twitch, Twitter. You know, that check mark may be there now, but I'm still the same person, which means I'm still going to cuss you out if you come at me sideways. Either way, come hang out. Be nice in our community. I usually play Animal Crossing now. I'm an Animal Crossing variety streamer. And uh, attend flowers and wander around little islands as a cute little avatar. So yeah, that's that's been our show. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Shout out to Artcast for having us on, and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. If you'd like to send us any feedback, opinions, retro games, or topics for us to cover, or anything at all, really, you can email us at Artcast at RetroZap.com. And be sure to check out RetroZap.com for all sorts of other amazing podcasts. It's your home away from home if you're crazy about Star Wars, Animaniacs, or pop culture in general. There's also us with Arcast, so be sure to find us on iTunes to subscribe, give us five stars, and tell your neighbors. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. So there's absolutely no reason to not follow another retro gaming podcast. Tanya, thank you very much for doing the show. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure to have you, to have everyone else on here. Andre, Pleasantly Twisted, Sharif, uh, Tay, and Zombie Kills. It was an absolute pleasure to hear like all of your side of like just of everything going on with gaming and the gaming industry. It was just an absolute pleasure, honestly. Um, so this is absolutely invaluable to me. So uh, you know, again, thank you very much for being a part of this. And uh, yeah, that's basically Arcast episode two hundred nine in the books. And if you'd like to follow Arcast on Twitter, we are at Arg Podcast. Same thing with Facebook, facebook.com slash Arg Podcast. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Guilty Man. And yeah, that is Arcast two hundred nine in the books. And until next time, keep it retro. <laughs>